can go on that side. It will help me. It will help all the, all, all the watchers, all the... Uh, Okay, okay, everyone, welcome to the Thursday night class. We're back again with the Thursday class. Here we are. Okay. So this week, we're not. This week is Parshas Kiseitze. We're going to learn a discourse on the Haftorah. We finished all the discourses in Parshas Kiseitze on the Kuti Torah, so we we have to get original. We look in the Haftorah. These are the very powerful Haftorahs where God is hugging us, embracing us, comforting us, wiping away our tears. It's very powerful Haftorahs. It's just phenomenal just to learn them and read them. And this Haftorah uh, is the same Haftorah from Parshas Noach. It's interesting. We get to read it twice now, and if the next year, in the beginning of the year, Pasha Noach, we read it again. To rip, and so it's one of these of Torahs that we do twice. Um, one of these, it says from Isaiah, from Yeshaya, Pasuk, Perek Nundala, chapter 54, the first 10 verses from Aleph through Yud. So over here, there's a Pasuk that says, how you know? Know that that God is the one who's who who who's going to be your husband. God is the one who's going to. Your husband is God. Hashem says to the Jewish people, you know, there are those who think you know you belong. So there are those idols, those forces that think that you, that they have your allegiance. But I know that you know your allegiance is to me. Your husband is God, and he's the one who's here to take care of you and ultimately your betrothed to him and your redeemer is the holy one the god of the entire world those very powerful words god says know, know who you're betrothed to know who you're married to and if you know that you know that ultimately things will be good and no one can stand up and uh and destroy you or no one could um no one could annihilate you even though we go through um, immense suffering and persecutions and all that that we've been through but ultimately you're God's people that's a pasuk. It is the, this is verse number 5 again Yeshaya Isaiah 54 verse 5 so the pasuk says for your husband or it's very hard to exactly translate this pasuk. I'm going to use one of the translations I read. That you read it as if it says, God, Lord of hosts. God, who's, who's the Lord of hosts. Or Havaya, who's the Lord of hosts. <laughs> the Lord of hosts, who Havaya is his name. Yudke Vavke is his name. He's the one who he is the one who made you, Isaiah. He's the one who made you, so he is the one who's betrothed to you. He's married to you. He's your husband. So your husband is, and who is he? Havaya Hashem Tzavakos. and your redeemer, Kedosh Yisrael, is the holy one of Israel, 
the one that is called the God of the entire earth. That's the verse. In other words, we're in good hands. We have an amazing future. The alt, uh, what I'm going to learn to you with you is a mimer that it's a cryptic. I have to say it's a cryptic mimer, meaning it's a very, very fiery mimer. It's a beautiful mimer. It's a very, but it's, it's, um, I, I was hoping I would find a new print. Maybe they printed, I'm sure they printed already the new, the new print. I'm using the old print and I, I thought I had the new print here. Maybe they fixed it up in the new print. They fixed up a lot of the, the discourses. They cleaned it up. I mean, they cleaned it up. They they did comparison to various different um, um, various different uh, scripts, different uh, um, writings, and 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 kind of uh, took out the mistakes, make the corrections. This seems to be a a little bit of a confusing. It's hard simply to to put it together. So I have, it's like, I feel a little, feels a little loose. But the whole content of the mimer is that, you know, <laughs> the content in the mimer is an empty vessel. And the idea of empty vessel means that you know you don't know anything, and you're not, you don't amount to anything. So I don't feel bad not knowing the mimer anyways. <laughs> but hopefully when we learn together, the whole point is that God makes you into a vessel. That's the whole point of the mimer. The Altareb is teaching the real Hasidic approach to being to being a Jew, the deeper attitude that we have to have in order to have a permanent relationship with God, something of truth, something real. There has to be a very deep, a very, very deep um, um, a deep-seated awareness. It can't be fake. It has to be very true and real. That we don't feel really, that we don't feel accomplished. We don't feel that we've done anything. The deep awareness that our entire godliness and our entire spiritual growth and everything, it's only God, it's not us. And we on our own amount to really zero. And when we, when we reach that real deep inner humility of nothingness, that's when we become a vessel and a container. And here the Alter Rebbe takes it even further. Not only are we ought to feel this, this is the deep humility and know that we are, we are, we are not really a something, we have, we're not accomplished, we are lacking and lacking and lacking and so lacking and so, but not only that, we have to recognize that even that feeling of emptiness, which we're supposed to feel, is also not of our making. So we can't even make ourselves empty. That even that, not only don't we fill, the filling of the content is God filling us with content, everything that we have, but even the vessel God made, even the emptiness of the vessel, the hollow of the vessel, you can't do that on your own. And when one is in that state, then you're a vessel for godliness. That's the content of the mimer. Why is this the content of the mimer now? As, in this verse, because in this verse the sages learn out from the Pasaki by Isaiah that your your maker is 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 your husband. The sages say in Masechta Sanhedrin an interesting idea. They say that a woman really only gives her heart. 
in a very deep way only to her first husband. In other words, a person could be married a second time, it can have a happy marriage. There's no question in that. But this infinite and indefinite and boundless bond only is to the one who is her, you know, uh, her, her, her first husband. And the sages use that the woman is compared to a, a, a keli, a, the woman is a recipient. The, a man is the mashpia, the influencer, the woman is the vessel, the container. And there is the idea of the one that made her into a vessel, the one that made her into a container. And the woman doesn't, the Chazal say, Mesech the Sanhedrin, tractate uh, Sanhedrin, uh, um, page 22, Ahmed Bey's, or 21 Ahmed Bey's. So the sages say, a woman does not make a covenant. A covenant means a supernatural love, a love that cannot be broken, love that's like infinite, only to the one who made her into a vessel, which means her first, her first love, so to speak. And that's where a woman gives her, I mean, after which she's a vessel already. She's already, a, she, can have, she could have had children already. She's, she's already a vessel. And then she marries again. It's not the one who made her a vessel. And the, somehow the sages learn it out. Somehow the sages learn this out from this puzzle. That God says, I'm the one who made you into a vessel. Which means God is saying to Israel, to the Jewish people. God is saying to his people, you know, you might have been hanging around. You might have, you know, thought because I've left home. You might have seeked, you know, looking around to marry someone else other than me. And maybe partially at times you think um, anything other than godliness can fill you and satisfy you and give you a, a sense of a protector, of a, of a caretaker, and so on and so forth. Like the Jewish people's following the idols or following, it doesn't only mean idols, it means anything we turn into an idol, and so on and so forth. So we marry someone else. God says, the one who made you. I'm the one who made you. At Sinai, God says, I was your first husband. And since I'm your first husband, I know that your pledge of allegiance and your, 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 your real permanence of, of, of devotion is only to me, no one to no one else. Everything is, everything is really fake. It's all superficial. It's all a distraction. It's all, you're, not, you're not giving it your full heart. You never gave it your full heart. And like we see, when Mashiach comes, all Jews will come back to God, no matter what other things they've kind of married themselves to, nothing else is going to last because the one that made you is is your husband. So the Alter Rebbe is going to take this not as a, as, a, as a something regarding all the Jewish people, but he's primarily focusing on each individual one of us as the wife of God, as God's love. Every single one. And how in our service of Hashem do we make sure that we're, number one, we're a vessel. We need to be a vessel for godliness. Like a woman is a vessel for her husband. We need to be a vessel for godliness. But number two, we have to know that God is the one that makes us into a vessel. It's not something that we do on our own. It says in the Pasuk, So this is in Sefer Mamari Admar Azokin in Nevi'im. Um, means in the Prophets. Now there's three versions to this mimer. The Alter Rebbe gives three versions to this discourse.
He gives three versions. We're going to learn the first version on page Kufnun Gimel. There's another version and then another version. When I read all three of them, it kind of like you can start making sense of it. We're only going to learn one of the versions. It's a shorter Mimer today. Let's see. Ksiv, it says in the Apostle, Your husband is the one who made you. God, the Lord of hosts, is his name. And your Redeemer, Kedosh Yisrael, is the Holy of Israel. The God of the entire earth, he will be called. And from this verse, the sages extrapolate. They derive. Now what? That a woman does not make a covenant only to the one who made her into a keli. Only to the one who made her into a vessel. So first the Altareb says, what does it mean the woman makes a covenant? The covenant means that her connection to, to this individual is in a manner of permanence. Nothing can break it. It's going to last forever. That's what a covenant. What is a covenant? You make a covenant when you want to establish a permanence to a relationship. Because you understand that there might be issues, there might be things that might come in and try to, you know, get in the way, that might threaten the, the relationship. So by sealing a covenant, you know that no matter what, you're going to overcome those challenges and you're going to, you're committed. You're committed through thick and thin, through fire and through water. That's the idea. So the Indian crisis bris, so what does it mean, a crisis bris? So avanitzchis. It means an eternal love, believe half sick that should never go away. So what does it mean to us as an individual? The woman is the Jew, our us, the soul. God is the husband. And to make a covenant with him means to have a love to God that is permanent. We all suffer from what we know is ups and downs in our spiritual life. We fluctuate. We have better days in which we feel more driven towards a godlier way of living. We're driven towards uh, connecting to Hashem, to learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, and living a more sublime life. And then there are times that we kind of become completely disconnected. It can be a day, it can be an hour, it can be a month, a day, it can be a week, it can be a month. Sometimes it can be a longer period of life, of time, in which uh, we kind of like, you know, we wander, we, we're busy with other things. God is not much only maybe an afterthought, not much of a, a central entity in our life. And that's because because our our love to Hashem waxes and wanes like the moon. Um, in order that it shouldn't be that way, that the romance should continue and continue and continue and should never burn out, for that, that means making a covenant. And for that, you need, you can only do that with the one whom was the first one who made you into a vessel. So he's going to explain, number one, what does it mean to be a vessel? And number two, what does it mean that we need the one, in our relationship, who's the one who has to make us into that vessel? You do what is known in Makedli, Mole, if the container is full, something that is full, you can't uh, put anything into it. If you have a full bottle, you have a full bottle, so it's full already. You can't, I mean, it's, a, it's not totally full, it's a little space, but if it's full to the top, you can't put anything else. It's full. Now, there are certain things that are full, not like a vessel that is full, because this is really essentially empty, but it has something in it. But then when you have, for example, you take a, a piece of clay, 
Originally, it's like a ball of clay. It's full. In order for it, and you can't use it as a utensil. You can't use it for something, to place something in it, because it has no hollow. Then you dig into it. You make, it, you, make a, you make a cavity. You make a hole. You make a hollow. So now, in this empty space, you can use it as a, as a plate, as a vase, uh, as a bowl, as whatever it is that you can, put, you can put into it, as a cup. So the same is when, 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 when we are full with a sense of self-importance, uh, there's, a, there's a strong sense of ego, of, 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 of fullness of self, we're very much a, 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 an important entity, then God keeps away from us. There's no vessel, there's nowhere to rest. When a person has more of a broken spirit, person feels like, you know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm so lost, I'm so, I, I, I'm so unworthy. It's in that sense of unworthiness and of smallness. And of, uh, but we'll see how you get to that. Not by putting yourself down with all the bad stuff you do. He's going to say, he's going to reject that completely. He's going to say a much godlier way to bring ourselves to the state. And it's almost like when you do it in the godly way, you're not even aware that you're in that state, but you really are in that state. That's the beauty of it. It's not like it, you're crushed and you're down and you're, and you're, and you're, and you're, you're you know, you're, you feel, you know, you know. We're not talking about a, a type of, da, of, of feel, feeling, uh, feeling, uh, feeling like nothing and therefore just being depressed about it. We're talking about a complete different. You're actually full of energy, full of life, full of, full of this, but, but, but there is this like very subtle, but very core essential knowledge that 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 it's that that you're that I'm really uh, <laughs> I haven't even started yet, and that's and that happens when it's God the one that's doing it. He's going to explain. The you do it is known. If the vessel is full, it can't contain anything. But if it's empty, then then it can hold. Here it says shayach. I think it's. Uh, very, very clear to me that it's supposed to be sheyesh, a shin, just a chaf. It's a mistake over here. Oz machzik. What does that mean? Sheyesh. Hold on, I was gonna put this. Sheyesh lo base kibul. That um, then it can hold because it has a space, and in that space it can hold. Alkain, therefore. Someone who doesn't view himself as an empty vessel, but really thinks he's a, he or she is accomplished in their spiritual life. I've done so much. I've helped so many people. I'm, I'm so amazing. I'm, I, I, I learned so much Torah. I know so much knowledge. I've done so many good things or whatever. I'm like, like the most awesome thing that has ever happened to my community. Or I'm like the most awesome thing that ever happened in this town. If not for me, nothing would be happening over here. But look how great I am. So if someone feels that way, definitely nothing, no godliness, nothing holy will stick to this individual. Nothing. Nothing can hold. Nothing. In the bottom he says, there's a lot of stars in the mimer because you can see that the mimer is has uh, many many things that are wordings that are not exactly so um there's nothing that can hold in it it's like uh, if it's full you can't put anything in there's no godly light 
I mean, a person can have knowledge and all that, but there's no godliness. There's no dwelling of Hashem on this individual. But this matter, but here's the thing. This amazing trait of being empty, which is an awesome trait, is something that you can't do yourself. Because the true emptiness, it's not possible for any being to reach the ultimate, the epitome of, non, of this emptiness that is required to its fullest. We know Moshe was like the ultimate humble one. So who made Moshe so empty and so humble? It's because he was so close to God, God was making him humble. It, 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 it's something that has to be, it has to come upon us from above. We have to allow it to happen through, he's going to say, the methods of how we allow God to make us into an empty vessel. But we shouldn't attempt to be the ones who accomplished at least that, that we accomplished ourselves to make ourselves humble. Because we can only, even if we do that, we will never be as humble as we need to be, and that itself might be an ego as well in the humbleness. So, this idea to be nothing, to be totally empty to the degree of emptiness that is necessary to be a vessel and a container for God is not given to any being built to Hashem Levade. Only God alone can make you into emptiness. God can give us the emptiness that is required. Why? It's not possible for any being and something one thing about us all is that we are created to be something. Because if we're not, if we're not something, then we're not, then we're not around. And if we're not around, we don't exist. So exist, to exist means that you're, you're given an existence. You're, given, you're somebody. And you have somewhat of a self-experience, which makes you you. So to really, really come to a point of being utterly empty, which means having no sense of self whatsoever and being completely hollow to the high. You can't. And he says, You can't have any entity that should nullify itself, should abnegate itself to the fullest degree from its existence. Negdo Yuzbarach, to be, to be on the level of what it requires to be truly empty for God. Kihu niyu b'chenas klireiko. V'yei sheivata ga'enoche, ki i ashtoshenaz e'avadene, kihu niyu b'chenas klireiko, in order to be the empty vessel. That's what I think it is. V'afilum alochem, again, I'm having a hard time simply because having a hard time because it's, it's, it's not the easiest mimer, but a lot of it has to do with it. Again, I say, I, you can tell when a mimer is, when certain writings, and all these verses, actually, in these memorad Merazakim, the Tzemach Tzedek worked it over when he printed it in Lakuti Torah. The ones that are here are the ones that are, have been just, people jotted notes, and sometimes they couldn't see even so clear what they wrote, and it was, so things were written and, 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 and printed with a lot of mistakes. It's simply very hard to put it together. And sometimes it's obvious you can figure out what, what the mis, misprint was, and sometimes it, it, it's not obvious. And even angels, and, uh, and the fiery angels, the highest angels, 
who go up before, who, who rise up to stand before God. to stand before Him. to serve Him. and we know that they are, they're not self-aware. They are in the highest levels of surrender to God, but even they are considered too egotistical. Even they too are not the desired vessel because they're not the ultimate, they're not an empty vessel. Legamre completely. They're not inflated egos. That's what the klipa is. These are holy, holy angels. They are so overtaken by the existence of God, they hardly, 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 hardly feel any bit of themselves. But on a subtle, 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 subtle level, there is some, some bit of self there. Because if there would be no self, then they would just be God. They wouldn't be them. They would just be included in His light. So what would they be they? What makes them they? What makes them them is the definition of their existence and, they, and, and their, their feeling of that, that, the parameters of their existence that makes them who they are. But if they dissolve completely of all self-awareness to the point that they, so then they're just subsumed in infinity, and there's no existence. Then they identify with God, and there's not there's nothing but them. Now it does happen to angels sometimes, but then they, but then they don't maintain anymore being an angel. Then they stop being an angel. Then they're just you know swallowed back up in their source. But to be, as long as they're an angel, they have some bit of vestige of self. And as long as there is a little bit of self, then you're not a totally empty, because <laughs> there's a little little a little bit of of self there, a little space that you're occupying. So you're not really a vessel, so it's a catch-22. The moment you become completely a vessel, you don't exist anymore to be the vessel. So to be a vessel and yet not to be, that's impossible. And God does that to the soul. <laughs> that's why you need God to do that. He makes us be, but at the same time, we're, we can be and not be at the same time. Still have, ha, have existence and, and yet be totally assimilated into God, <laughs> the impossible. But only, only souls are capable of that. No angels. Only neshamas, and only through the study of Torah and doing mitzvahs do we reach such identification and such oneness and such emptiness. And the moment we're empty, then God dwells in us. And when God dwells in us, then our love to God is permanent. Because He's the one who made us into a vessel. And then, and then it's real and forever. And we won't go through these spiritual ups and downs. So if we can kind of, you know, get our attitude straight, if we can orient ourselves in the right orientation to being a Jew, then everything we will do in our Judaism will pay off much more. And sometimes the tiniest little tweak of attitude, small, just a little thought that becomes one of our daily meditations, it like gets inserted into the thought of this idea that we're learning today. If you remember this mimer all your life and you integrate it into your service, it can make a world of a difference. It can make that every accomplishment that you have lasts permanently. And, 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 your, fiery, and your fire in you and your connection to God should have a permanence and not you know, fizzle out like we all experience all the time. And it, sometimes it's just this tiny little ingredient that just gives, makes it, makes it the way it should be, as will be explained. So even the angels, they too are not completely empty. Because if it would be so, 
So they would not exist in existence to be given a name, to be somebody. You know, if, the, if, if angel Zagziel has no identity of self, then he disappeared completely. So where is Zagziel? He, doesn't, he was once here, now Zagziel doesn't exist anymore. Because there's no one to call Zagziel. If I call Zagziel, who is that? Because if he's not aware that he's Zagziel, because he's lost into what? And if angel Chashkash uh, Kiel, there's another angel. I don't know if there's such an angel. I'm just giving an example. Once he's lost his identity as whoever he is, because he's nullified completely, then he doesn't exist anymore. It's just a pure, infinite energy, not him. Because then they would revert back. Everything starts once before. See, he doesn't understand something. Before anything exists, you have in the space of existence, in the space where we all occupy our, our territory, our, our beingness, in that very space, what pre precedes it, and what's, when I say precedes, I don't only mean precedes in time, I mean a, de a little deeper than our existence is the infinite existence of God, right in the space that we are. So what makes us, it's almost like we're frozen we're frozen into, in words, you have this, this infinite expanse, the true existence of God, who's, who's infinite. And within that, there is suddenly a being who's me or you or anything. So what is that? That's because there is parameters and someone who identifies as somebody. <laughs> By the very fact that you have yourself as whoever you are, that's you. See what I'm saying? It's almost like there's like a frozen energy that freezes into, solidifies into something, and, that's, and that entity is what, is what is now an existence other than the pure infinite energy. The moment we unfreeze, in other words, the moment we lose the sense of our parameters and existence, then where are we again? Then our energy is, is, is now identifying not with itself, it's identifying with the bigger energy, so it's swallowed in the larger energies, and it's not that then we're part of, then we're him again. There's nothing left of self. And that's the story with the angels. That's why they have to have some bit of, not ego, but self awareness or self, uh, yeah, a certain consciousness that makes them be who they are. And, but because of that, they're not totally empty. The, the, they would be then revert to the place where they were first before they froze into the, into the definable parameters that makes them who they are. And they will go back to the way they were originally in the perfect unity, in the perfect oneness of, of the oneness of the one creator. And that's by the angels. So even angels cannot, they can't. They never reach and attain total nothingness. If that's true about an angel who is so refined and so godly conscious, how much, so, how much more so when it comes to a human being who's made up of flesh and blood, and what makes up our existence is chunky material. So our, our, our beingness is so much chunkier than the angels. And the more chunky you are, the more something you are the more self-aware, the more dense one's own existence. So definitely we can't bring ourselves to, 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 to becoming empty, to the, to the true state of emptiness that is necessary 
to be a container for God. Impossible. So how much more? So one of a flesh and blood, which means a material entity. It's not possible to attain such a level of bitl. Such a bitl means abnegation of self, which, which is the requirement in order to be a container. Ah, but what's the secret then? Mm, the secret is we have a, we have a soul, we have a neshama. And the neshama is capable of being not. Of being not. Ah, Yisrael, why? Because the soul's The souls pre preclude existence. The souls exist prior to existence. We existed before anything existed. And, 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 and our existence is the existence of God. It's not like, see, everything whose existence is not the existence of the Creator, but a definable, created existence. So once it steps out of being a creation, then it doesn't exist. Because it doesn't exist as God, it can't exist as God. God starts its existence the moment He creates it. The soul, God does not start its existence at the moment He creates it. The soul is part of and one with the divine. And somehow, as a, as it's almost like the divine becoming a creation. Not a creation being created. It's almost like a metamorphosis of, a, of, some, of, a, of an entity that's that's nothing other than one with God metamorphosizing into beingness. But even as we exist in being, we have an antenna into non-beingness. So it's a by a state existence. To exist in existence and to exist as non-existent and then part of the infinite. And therefore we have this amazing ability to melt to, to be and melt into non-beingness and then be again into beingness and melt into non-beingness and even in a cooler state we can be simultaneously both. We can have parameters of a creation and a being and at the same time be totally nullified, abnegated and one with the infant. And that's because the Jewish souls are meant to be the brain of the world and the brain is where the brain is is the brain hosts the soul, the soul. The soul resides in the brain. So in the Jewish souls resides the infinite. And therefore we can be the... And, and in order to, for, for the infinite to reside in something, it needs a container, it needs a vessel. And the container has to be totally hollow. And the only hollow entity are the souls. Ah, Yisrael, it's only the, Jew, the souls, Shem, the Jewish souls, Shem, Allah, that have arisen in God's thoughts. And what does that mean? The Tzemach Tzedek, there is a Maimah from the Tzemach Tzedek that is a commentary on this Maimah. It's a long discourse. And, it would have, uh, and I didn't learn it well, but the little bit that I did glance. He explains, the rest of the world is created, even angels are created through speech. And as we learned so many times, speech is something other. You speak to someone outside of you. So if God creates the rest of the world with speech, means that, that the source of all of existence is as an outsider. In other words, what's their A? What's the, nu- what, what's the beginning of their being? The beginning of their story? The beginning of their history? What's the first point of, of its existence is in speech. 
even if we trace the creation back to the, to the divine, obviously we're, we're going very high. We're going, uh, we, all, we all first exist in more spiritual states. But we're going so high that in a higher, higher eye, we're tracing all of creation and all of existence to, to the highest, not even as a spiritual entity, but as, as a divine energy. But within God, it's God's speech. And what's the idea of divine speech? Speech is to, to, to someone on the outside, which means to someone other than yourself. And so therefore, when we, are, when we bring it back to the original, original state, we're ultimately, what's the ceiling? Where do we cap out? We cap out in otherness. And that's all of creation, including the highest sublime celestial angels. The all highest place of existence is in the divine speech, which the divine speech is for the outside, and therefore they and everything exists begins with beingness. If it should poke a hole in beingness and ascend beingness, then it's destroyed. That's the point. It it goes into non-beingness, but there's nothing left of it because it's not it anymore. It's it's as if it has been eradicated. It doesn't exist. It's that. But the, Jew, but the Jewish soul is a secret. The Jewish soul is a mystery. <laughs> That's why the Jewish soul is so permanent and such a mysterious entity in this world that the whole world is busy always with the Jewish soul, with the Jewish people. And why we're such an enigma, we're such a, we're such a, such a, 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 a thing that you know, the world you know, is so focused on, 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 the, on, the Jewish, on, the, on the Jew, the Jewish people. And so much has been done sort of not in the favor of the Jewish people, let's just say it nice. And yet, we're still so vividly around and here, and we will always be here. That's what the whole Torah is all about, how the Jewish people will always be here. So what's the secret? The secret is that the Jewish people have arisen in God's thoughts. Thought is to yourself. That means that we exist prior to to creation existence. The soul exists prior to being a creation. So if you, if, you, if, if you trace the history of the soul to stage number A, you don't get creation or you don't get speech, which is the source of creation. You get thought, which thought is the, the thinker, which is God himself. So we exist as him. Yet, what does it mean we're creation? It means, it's crazy to say this, but that's the truth, God becomes a creation. That's the Jewish soul. But, but because of that, we can always pop out of creation. That's the truth. The Jewish soul is God becoming a creation. On the one hand, there is a certain external element in which a creation, a creation like all other creation, not only a soul, but a soul going into a body and appearing as a human being, a regular human being, with all the features of a human being and all the limitations of a human being, and all the boundaries of the human being, and all the frailties, the frailties of a human being, with, 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 with some nice things and some not, not, not such nice things, which make up the, the composition of a human being. And all that applies to the, the Jewish man or woman as part of the creation. But there is a certain point over there that transcends all of creation. And that's the point of the essence of the soul, which has no problem melting back into nothingness. And when it melts into nothingness, it does it with such ease and comfort because it knows that it's not being obliterated because its true existence is to exist higher than existence, to be, the, be part of the true existence, which is the infinite.
That explains everything. If you, if you know that secret, that explains the whole, the whole Israel, the whole story of the love affair and the whole story of everything that goes on. With it, 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 this is the story. That's why it's such a, it's like, it's, it, it's such a, a twilight existence. It's really twilight. It's, it's not day, not night. It's not here, not there. It's not creation. Like we're in between. It's an amazing idea. The, the Jewish souls, as the sages say, have risen in thought. And, 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 and it's hinted to in our name. The name Israel in Hebrew is Yisrael. Yisrael is the word li, if you rearrange the letters. Li rosh, to me ahead. What does that mean, to me ahead? God is saying, you are my head. It would be like your soul saying, hey, where's my head? For the soul to reside in this world, it needs a body. But what's its, mo what's its landing uh, pad? You know, a, heli a helipad. A helicopter has a place when it lands. What's the runway? What's the, what's the point of contact? Let's put it this way. What's the point of contact? Where the soul contacts the body and resides in the... Yeah, the soul resides in the entire body. But it doesn't have, it needs a base. What's its base? The brain. The head, the brain, that's the base where it makes its connection. So God says to the Jewish people, you are my head, you are my brain, and that's where I, so what's the idea of a brain? The brain is where soul and body meet and they converge to become one. So the Jewish soul is where God and the creation meet and and achieve complete convergence to the point of total oneness. Inseparable, just one. And for that, we have to be a vessel for that. The vessel is to be nothing, be empty. And that's the magic in the neshama, that it could reach the epitome of humility, we call it, the highest level of humility, which means no self-awareness at all, while it exists. And um, so that's the beauty of the soul, even on its own. Now in addition to that, to assist this and to bring this about and to make it so much deeper and stronger, and God has given us an inheritance of Torah, and through this, and we're soon going to see why. Through the Torah, we actually put this into practice. We put into practice this melting into the divine, this, 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 this ultimate identification with Him to the point of complete emptiness. Hollowing out our existence to the point of, no, of nothing left of, 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 the, of the finite being that made up our limitation, our existence as something. So on this, on God giving the Jewish people the Torah, assisting them into, that's the way God makes us into an empty vessel. Remember we said, we can't make ourselves. See, the, God took the Jewish souls, which the Jewish souls are capable, they're the wife, they're capable to being the seat, the vessel. But as we said before, the husband has to make the wife into a vessel. How does the wife, in terms of the spiritual, how does the Jewish soul become a vessel? It's the Torah and the mitzvot that God gives us, which through them he hollows out the soul to become the vessel. 
What does learning Torah and doing mitzvahs have to do with hollowing out the soul? Very simple. Because when you're learning Torah, for the t- if you're actually thinking the words of Torah, for, for that period of time, your mind is completely identifying with concepts that are not yours. They're God's, it's a God's ideas. So you suddenly suspended your entire mode of thinking and you've now assimilated your mind into God's mind. When you're doing a mitzvah, you have abnegated. Here, usually a person's drive is self. What do I do? I do self. I do what makes me happy. I do what makes me, makes me comfortable. I do what makes me you know, uh, important. I do what uh, enhances my existence. And when I'm doing mitzvahs, I forgot, you forget about yourself. What's important to God? And that's now what's flowing through your veins and arteries and, 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 and in causing your muscles to contract and move and your whole limbs and your bodies running and doing and making. And it's not even you because you're not getting anything out of this. It's God's mitzvah that is driving you and, and that is driving, driving our actions. So for the time being that we're learning Torah and we're doing mitzvahs, we melt into Him, not into us. And the worst part is, the problem is when we start becoming aware while we're doing the mitzvah, oh, I'm doing a mitzvah. That's no good. It's like when we forget. We have those beautiful moments when we're forgetting even that we're doing the mitzvah. We're just busy doing a mitzvah. We're not even knowing. Or when we're unaware that we're learning Torah. We're just so, we're so lost in the, in the beauty of the ideas and the concepts that we don't even know that we're there. At that moment, you're now lost in God's thoughts. So you're not there anymore. You are him. Even though you're still you because we can see you. You're here. So that's how we can be and not be at the same time. And angels can never reach it because they don't have Torah and mitzvot. So they can be engaged in their love to God. It's a very high love. They can't do a mitzvah because they have no mitzvah. And they don't study Torah. They, they, they don't have, God didn't give them the Torah. So they, they, they have little crumbs of it from the outside, but they don't have it. And they don't have the mitzvah to do. They can't do this. As it says, on this it says, Your husband is the one who made you. God, the, 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 the Lord of hosts, his name. It's not our koach. It's not our power. And our work. To make ourselves into a hollow vessel. Because it's the voice of God that makes the deer, the, uh, the words he translates it over here, that makes the doze calf. What makes, this, you know, in, in Friday night we say this, uh, this is Psalm 29, one of the most beautiful Psalms, where he speaks about how the voice of God does this, the voice of God over the waters, the power, the sound of God, the voice of God. And one of the things is, the voice of God, simply it makes it makes the deer, the female deers, give birth. The deeper meaning is, it makes the female deer, that's referring to the female, referring to the, the souls, Israel. And yechola means it makes halal, it makes the halal. God hallows us. But it's his voice, it's the voice of Torah. It's when we're studying Torah and we're turning on God's voice, inter- we're suddenly hallowed out from our own. Because the moment we stop learning Torah, what are we thinking? We're thinking our thoughts. We're thinking our ideas. Today I was so beautiful. I went to a restaurant. My wife, she likes go- we like going out on the- once a week. On the- we go to her. So we had lunch. 
And the, and the restaurant is right next to a, a shore. Over here in Beverly. So it's right next to a, a place where people sit and learn. And I was walking down the street, and there's two guys standing outside of the, of the kolel, and they're, and they're talking. And you see, and, and, and they're on the street, on Beverly Boulevard. So you gotta wonder, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta imagine now. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes we have to pick ourselves up and look from above. You can't look, you know, we, 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 we're so distracted. You know? Sometimes, you know, you gotta look a little higher. You see, you got Beverly Boulevard. What's happening at Beverly? So many cafes. What was I doing? I'm sitting and talking. It was nice. Nothing wrong. You know, it's nice to, to have lunch with your wife and have a nice time. Talk a little bit and connect. It's beautiful. And everybody should do that. <laughs> um, people are out for coffee. People are out for dinner. People are talking about their businesses. People are doing whatever it is to further their comfort, their life, and their things. That's what's going on from all that's happening on that street. It's a busy street. Now you have two people, and they're in a deep discussion right outside the door of the show, and they're talking, I'm trying to think what it was, but they were talking about something about sukkah, about this, about this, and they're, they're, they're like deep in a conversation about something that has nothing to do with anything that's going to give them anything in their life. Literally, nothing. There's nothing there for... Is this to God's satisfaction a good sukkah? This is not, and we're not dealing with, the guy's not building a sukkah going to ask the rabbi now a question. That's already connected to you. You need, sukkahs is coming, you need a sukkah. So you go to, they're talking hypotheticals. They're learning some deep subject in Gemara and halacha and some discussion. And they're learning the lambdas of something, of the, probably never have that question in their sukkah anyways, and so on and so forth. And, and they were so lost in that conversation. I was looking at them for a second. I just noticed it from the corner of my eye. And I, it was just something so beautiful. These are people that are now, they, they don't exist. The thought, their mind is not, is not, not, not them. This is a physical existence of two young men. And, and, and they don't even know this, that I'm talking about what happens when they're learning Torah, because you have to learn the Hasidic side of things. And I doubt they've ever learned this. I, and I probably know that they didn't. But, but still, at the moment that they're learning, they're, they're lost in the, in the will of God. And in such a, in such a, in such a like natural way, this, this, this is their life. You can see this, their life. And he'll do this tomorrow and the day after, hours and hours. It's just crazy. It's so beautiful. Kikoy Hashem, it's the voice of Hashem. Yechoy it's that hollows out the deer. Vetidosh and wine. This is a pasuk in, in Zechariah. The, the first pasuk, he's making over here a combination of two verses. This is a pasuk in Tehillim, in Psalms, twenty-nine. is a pasuk in Zechariah, Perek, Tess, pasuk Yud Zayin. Right, Zechariah, ten, verse no nine, verse seventeen. So in the end of the Pasuk it says, Vitiroish and wine, Yenoiveiv Bisuleis, that makes girls talk. It makes young girls talk. Besula also means essentially virgin. 
Yenoivev besulois means probably, as I understand it, in the context is what he's trying to say, is that Yenoi talk, the idea of a, a virgin means it's closed. The open, you need a, over here it's Yenoivev besulois, Vitirosh, and the wine. What's the wine? The wine is godliness. God, the Torah is also called wine. Torah is sometimes compared to, 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 to bread, sometimes compared to water, and Torah is compared to wine. So God's wine takes the soul, which is the besula, which is the girl, yenoivev, and opens up, the, the, which means makes it into a keli, makes it into a vessel. The, this idea that we can't make ourselves into a vessel, but it's koilavaya, it's the voice of God, it's the tiroish, it's the wine, the spiritual wine, which is the secrets of the Torah, whatever it is, that, that makes us into a vessel. Now why is that? He's explaining now why as a result of learning the Torah, doing mitzvahs, we are now, how is it that through that God is making us a, a vessel? Because at that moment we are doing His will. And we're occupied, we're preoccupied with His will. And His wisdom. Even though these two men that I saw today didn't disappear suddenly in, in the infinite. Later, they probably went inside and took their hats and went home and had lunch. <laughs> they didn't disappear. They have a life. They're still existing in this world. They should exist in this world forever and ever. <laughs> but yet, so they're not bottles. It's not like, the, like we disappeared. But yet, even though they're not in a state of total bittle, meaning, we become totally unified at that moment, your consciousness is completely unified in God. Because again, God has overtaken your brain. You're not thinking your thoughts, you're thinking His thoughts. These are matters that concerns Him, not you. And yet you're thinking it in your mind, with passion, with fire, but you're not, you're not even, you're forgotten about yourself. When we're, when we're, when we're, when we're engaged in Torah, and in the service of God, and we were in perfect unity with him, perfect oneness with him. Like you say, like we're perfectly one with him. More than all the creations that there are in all the worlds. The upper and the lower world. We're, 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 as when a Yid is, when a Jew is engaging in Torah and doing a mitzvah, He's in a state of unity with God, he or she, in a way that's higher than any type of attachment to God that happens in all the world. Because to them the Torah was not given. And it's a little hard words over here. These words. I'm not sure. If you change it to, uh, I, I'm, I'm afraid to change this one. <laughs> it's hard. 
I mean, you would say, and God's and, and Hashem's will, but that would be shall shall not Adam, not the person's, but God's Torah, God's Torah and God's will, which is to us given to us b'Torah. Okay, I'm not exactly sure. But the main idea we get is that Hashem didn't give it to anybody else. He didn't give it to the upper worlds. He didn't give it to the creatures of the law. He only gave it. And this is what we means God's glory. We see, because there's a verse that says, God fills the entire earth. Kavodo, his glory. What is that referring to the entire earth? Earth really means his wife. Israel is called earth. The Shekhinah is called earth. That's where God dwells. That's the vessel for him. As opposed to the idea that we say God is everywhere. And what's the, now he's going to have to explain that. Hold on. We're just saying that what? That the vessel is, when we're learning Torah and we're doing mitzvahs, Lirosh, we're his head. And he's dwelling within the, in the soul. But isn't God everywhere? You can say there's a difference. And what is that? The soul is in the entire body. No question. When a body is alive, it means that the soul is fully integrated in the entire body. The entire the enti- the soul is present everywhere in your body. If it's a living body, it's got a soul present everywhere. Yet, you can't compare the experience of it in the brain as in the rest of the body. It's really happening in the brain, and from the brain, it's extending throughout the entire body. And the same over here is. It's everywhere. God is everywhere. But how does He get everywhere? Through the souls. His dwelling first is in the souls of Israel, and through them, this is why... Israel, the Jewish people, are the pnimiyot, the innermost of the entire world. And for this reason, the angels say, Where is the place where God dwells? Where is there an indwelling? Where does He manifest? Where does He reveal Himself? Where? They don't know. But then they say, we don't know where it is, but somewhere down there on earth, we know it is. The headquarters and that's why they say, He's filling his glory is down there. So they're always looking up to try to get to him. And then they realize that they're going to get, that down here is where he's more than he is up there. Because there's one place in where he's landing and revealing himself and opening himself up and through that place into the entire world. And that is the souls of Israel. And even though that God's glory fills the entire land, and His glory is over the heaven and earth equally, everywhere, as the Zohar says, there's no point that is void of Him. Why? Because He doesn't exist within space at all. We exist in space. He's outside of the whole the whole game or the whole system of space. He created space, but it doesn't define Him. And because of that, he, he, he's every, in as much, so space is, is within him. And therefore, he's all over. Nevertheless, what then, what do we mean that he's found on earth? It's like the soul of man. Just like the soul of a human being fills and enlivens the entire body, the Evarov, and all the limbs, Bishave, equally. Our entire body is filled with the presence of God, but this presence of our soul. And nevertheless, our consciousness is only in our brain. Because that's where its house is. It's home. That's its 
faculty, that's its residence. And from the brain it's diffused, and it influences energy and life to all the limbs of the body. And how much energy does it give to all the limbs? It's all measured. It's all, it's all, it's all um, with precise um, evaluation of what each, we don't have to sit and make the math. God programmed the program to happen automatically. But the brain already has already a pre-programmed system to know what to send to the eyes and what to send to the nose and how much energy to send to the feet. And what has to go to each particular, the whole nerve system is set up that way. There's certain parts of the body have much more nerves, certain have much less, and that's how somehow the brain is able to communicate with the entire body and bestow the, the, the soul, which is the energy of life, to the entire body in the particulars. In as much as each limb's function, that's the idea. And it doesn't give more or less. So the same he's going to say is with the, with the cosmos. The main seat of the God's dwelling is in the Jewish souls. That's the brain. And from there, that's the distribution center. And from there, everything moves out, out, out to all the limbs, to all the parts. And even to the most external parts, which are the nails and the hair. And there are certain parts that are so external, like the nails and hair, which are so external, but yet the part of the body, it's all part of it. Why? Because they serve a function. Hair protects the head. And nails also protect. Where do we have nails? We have nails in the busiest parts of our body. The parts of our body where we have the most activity, which we do all the time stuff, in other words, where we reach beyond ourselves and get, get, get um, interact with stuff, it's through our hands and feet, because the feet go everywhere. I mean, especially without shoes or socks, your feet are going everywhere, and therefore touching everything, and your hands obviously are touching something. And as a result of that, there's all the germs and stuff. So the nails protect the tops of your fingers. And for some reason, I don't know why the bottom doesn't need the protection, but this part needs the protection. And if not for our nails, we would probably get sicker. We would probably get, God forbid, catch more colds and more viruses. And the nails protect. But we also know that the nails can also carry germs because they can hide the germs beneath it. And what's the point? When the nails get too long, then they can serve already as... They can actually bring on more problems. They can start becoming problematic. And here also can sometimes be problematic if it gets too long. Especially in days when they didn't have the ability to shower all the time. So long hair can be more of a, can bring lice and all kinds of stuff. Unwanted guests can get around because the hair is too long or, that, or, the, or the nails are too long and germs can come and so on and so forth. So what do you have to do in those situations when it gets... When it goes beyond its purpose, it serves a purpose, a very external purpose, but it's still a purpose, and it's necessary. And therefore, the soul has to give it life, and that's why the nails grow and the hair grow. You can't compare that life force to the rest of the limbs. You definitely can't compare it to the life of the brain. But it has life as well. But when it gets a little out of hand, it starts getting a little too long, you got to clip it. And actually, you feel very good when you clip your nails and when you cut your hair, get a haircut. You feel like... So the same as in the cosmos, there are certain things that exist as the nails, those are the klipot, the shells, all the dark stuff, all the negative stuff. And sometimes they grow and they become very powerful and strong like long hair <laughs> and like long nails. But 
you got to know one thing. They can make noise. They can occupy the media. They can be the big bullies. They can make all big control and this and this. you got to know one thing. They're on their way to the nail clipper. Because they don't have a permanent, because they're the most external factors in creation. What is holy, what is godly, what is serving an inner purpose, that's real. The Jewish people are real, serve an inner purpose. Non-Jewish people that are part of the program, facilitating belief in God, want to do right, want to live righteous lives, and want to do the right thing, are all part of this incredible cosmic body and, are, and get exactly what they need in order to be able to function and do what they need to do in a unique way for part of this massive global godly project, which is the project of the world, and especially the world as it's going to be in all of its glory by the time we're complete, you know, when we reach its, its goal in the messianic age. And then whatever is just extra needs to get clipped. And it will get clipped. Okay. So as he explains over here, uh, um, and it gives energy to all the limbs of the body in accordance to the, 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 the function of every limb. Which the mind, based on how the mind decides or, or appreciates and understands that the, the limbs, or rather the limbs are, 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 are set in a way that they must be obedient to the brain and serve the greater good of the body. Whatever the person wants. And the chayos and the energy go so far from the brain. The brain is the major distributor. Lesaroisov to the ear, letziparnav into the nails. Sheyitzmach that it should grow v'yegodel, and it should grow and lahagin al. Here it says al chushim, but in the bottom it says al roshei evadov, to protect the 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 ends of the of the limbs. Hamisham shemesa adam b'roiv tashmushay, those limbs that the person utilizes the most. Like the hands. The hands doing all the work. And the feet. Where the feet walk. As we said earlier, these are the most, the limbs that are the most uh, interactive with, with the outside. And, and therefore it needs protection. So the nails serve as a protection. And there's also here. The here is also to protect the skull. Of the brain. But sometimes they get out of hand. And these, uh, the, 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 the nails and the hair can get in the way of a person's health. And these are the nails and the hair when they're not kept in check. As it is known, like it is known to the sciences. In, in the laws of health, that sometimes it's not too healthy to let the nails and stuff grow too long. And even to those that it is good for. In other words, the nails that a person needs to have. There is a pleasure when you finally cut your nails when they're getting too long. And when you're cutting off the hair. We turn over the page. If they rise and they, and they, and they, and they start becoming too important... <laughs> 
when your nails taste start taking over your life, then you know no good. If they grow more than what they need, to attend to the limbs, again, they're the servants to the limbs, which the limbs are serving the mind. So that when they get too much, then they have to be cut down. And from all my flesh, we can see God. Meaning, just like the system is in the individual human body, in the micro, so it is in the macro, in the big system of creation. And what is that? There is also a brain, which is the innermost of all of creation. And that's, Hashem says about Israel, the Jewish people, Lee Rosh, you're my head. From there it gives energy out to the other parts of creation. And then you have also stuff at the end, <clears throat> which could be unnoticeable and draw attention for a while, but then, then they get clipped. And that's why it's understood what it says in the Pasuk. With all this, we'll understand what it says in the Pasuk. God says to Israel, make for me a temple. And I will dwell. So first of all, you see from here, God says, I will dwell amongst you. That's the main dwelling for God. But another idea. What does it mean, God says, make for me a temple, I'll dwell amongst you. There's a different verse that seems to contradict it. There's another verse that says, The heavens and the earth. God says, I fill all of the heavens and the earth. What's a house that you can build for me? You're going to build for me one house? I fill everywhere. You're going to build me. So how do you answer that? Same idea like we said before. Yeah, of course. The, the soul fills the entire body, but there's still a headquarters where it reveals itself. So God says, I need to reveal myself where in one place. The Gam Kosev Oymer. There's also another contradiction. In one verse it says, God identifies as the God of Israel. By the giving of the Torah by Sinai, God says, I am God. Elokecha, your God. I am Yudke, your God. There's another verse that says, Hashem, that God is the king of the whole, he's the God of the whole world. So is he the God of the whole world, the God of, the, of Israel? The answer is it's not the same. He's the God of the entire world. The God of Israel is where his primary revelation is inside him. The Yeduah, this is known, Kibiprotius, in, 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 in individually, Kol Echod Ve'echod Mi Yisrael, or on the bottom he says, Kol ish ve'isha Yisraeli, every single Jew. Hem beklolis am Hashem. In general, we all make up every single, the people of God. It's the people of God, which are evarim the Malka, which are the limbs of the king. So the Jewish people considered all the limbs. And amongst them, there are the tzaddikim, the greatest of the holiest of the rabbis, they're the brain. And then there are those that have vision, they're the eyes, and they're the hand. That's when we get more specific. In general, Israel versus the entire world is considered as a whole the brain. More specifically, in, within the Jewish people itself, you can differentiate the different parts. And there are those that are the, there are those amongst the Jewish people that are particularly the head. That's the big tzaddikim. And those that are the eyes, sometimes are referred to as the eyes of the, na of the nation. Again, there's differences amongst them. But in the general of the world, all of Israel is called Li Rosh, you are to me ahead. 
This head itself has a head of the head, the eyes of the head, the feet of the head, but in general it's a head. And from them, from their souls, energy flows to the entire world. Now, okay, so, so that establishes that we're the vessel. But we can only hold godliness if we're an empty vessel. So now he's going to go back to the, the subject that we discussed earlier about being empty. We will go back to what we had discussed earlier. The Alter Rebbe says, If we are engaged in God's will, If we are engaged in God's will, then God makes us an empty vessel. In other words, by being part of the Jewish people, that's a good thing. It's a very, a very big advantage. But, but, but you're not getting... You, 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 you. Now you're the woman already. But the woman is not yet unless she's been made into a vessel. To be made into a vessel is when we are engaged in His will, His will and His Torah hallows out. Koil Hashem is hallows out the... He makes us into an empty vessel. That can hold. And what are we looking to hold? Godliness. That will express itself in an everlasting love to God. It will create, like the woman pledges her heart to her husband. It will bring about a covenant. And an eternal love. That will never stop. But the cold, but what it does require? Yes, the Torah and mitzvahs need to help us reach the epitome of emptiness, of hollowness. But we, God forbid, can't contribute to the opposite of that, to make us. In other words, you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, but you're not, but we're not doing it with, with the sense of emptiness, then that's that's fighting against it. So even though the, the epitome, the ultimate state of being empty requires God to do it, that's to achieve 100% uh, um, 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 emptiness. Okay? To be empty yourself out 100%, human, a, human, a human being can't do it. But the attitude has to be, from our part as well, is that we're empty. We can't just say, okay, God, you do it, and I can feel, I, I can think I'm the greatest thing in the world. Then that contradicts it. You can't do that. The calls, and this is only, is because we hold ourselves to be empty. But when we hold ourselves to be empty, we can't even take credit for being empty. Even for being a nothing, you can't take credit for. You need God to make you the nothing of nothing. In which we make ourselves empty. And if it occurs to us for a moment, you know, we get into these fantasies and thoughts, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a pretty something. The im, let's read this again. In if it occurs to our minds, sheyesh that I have something, maybe I don't know the whole Torah, but I've, you know, learned a couple, of, like some people say, I have a couple of mesechtas under my belt. <laughs> Something I have. <laughs> if you think, it's like, the, I love the story from Rav Naftali of Rapshitz. 
that someone came to him that he should be as a bracha. He said, Rabbi, so a Hasidic rabbi, he knew he was a holy man. The guy wasn't a Hasid, obviously. He comes to the rabbi and says, give me a bracha, give me a bracha, that I should know the whole Torah. I should learn the whole Torah. So the rabbi said, the whole Torah? I says, I'm working to know one verse, <laughs> one pasuk. <laughs> you have such an appetite, the whole Torah you want to know. If you think you have something, even from the beginning of the Torah, or you think you've achieved the first three rungs, like on the ladder. Look at yourself. You say you're 50 years old already. I'm at least a couple of steps up. If you think that you've reached something, then you're not empty. And, and, and you might have, a, you, um, and the Altarebbe doesn't rule out that you're not going to have any genuine experiences of holiness. You will, but it will never last. Because if you're not empty, there's nothing lasting. You know? It's like you pour into a full cup, it's going to pour right out, even though if it's pouring. And very, very close, your love, your drive towards spirituality, to holiness, will dry out. And all your good is going to come to an end. In other words, you're going to have a big fall. If God forbid one believes in them, thinks in themselves, not believe, I'm talking about believe, I'm talking about, you know, is, is proud of their whatever and think they've achieved something, then they're going to lose it. But here is the advice. In order to stand in front of God forever, and, 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 and so we, or, the Eitzah is to stand in front of Hashem ever, meaning no matter how much you achieve, no matter where you're moving, you always stand in front of Hashem with what consciousness, with what awareness? You should stand like King David stood before God, where King David says, You saw me, God, King David says, when I was a golem. A golem means an unfinished product. When I was a ball of clay, that's when you saw me. In other words, which what he's saying is we should feel like a like we are a clay in God's hands. We're not even we don't even have a cavity of space to be to be a vessel and please God make me into a vessel. And no matter where we are in our entire life, it's always please Hashem make me into a vessel for your Torah today. It's like we say in that open my heart in your Torah. Give me the inspiration to do a mitzvah. Turn my heart on, open up my soul, constantly remembering that God has to do it for us. Open my soul, open my heart, open my thing. And to feel always that we, we, we were, me, I can't do anything. I'm not, it doesn't mean we sit back and don't do anything. We pray and we do, but we know whatever we're accomplishing, it's not us doing it, it's with the power from Hashem that is being done. The Oz Hashem Yizbarach Oisa Oisa Keli. And when we feel this way, then God makes us into a vessel. That our love should never dry out. Like a woman who's once she's made into a vessel for her husband, she never returns to the virginity before that, which means she's always a vessel for him. In other words, the permanence of the, of the Jewish soul, the permanence of the relationship is required that we, that we always recognize continuously that God, you're the one making me into a vessel. And then it will last. That's the secret for longevity in, 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 in one's Yiddishkeit, permanence in it. 
Now we'll also understand what it means. In one verse it says, God says, you should make for me a sanctuary. Giving the task to us. But there's another verse that says, Migdash Hashem, the Migdash of God, that your hands God have established. So hold it. Do we make the Beis HaMikdash or do you make it? And the answer is, we're making it, but we know while we're making it, you're making it. You're making us, the whole, the whole ability for us to make anything is because you're making it with us and through us. So it's both the Asoli Mikdash. That means we can't sit with folded hands and say, God, you want a temple, you build it. No, we have to do it, but no, whatever we're doing, it's God doing it. Because the toichen is to make the, to, and, and to make a vessel, only God can make the vessel. And this, and that's what we see actually, in the Mishkan, for example, that we were told to make a menorah. How do you make the menorah? What are you doing with the menorah? It means to take a piece of gold and hammer it and hammer it. That's what they were doing. Rashi says, banging it, banging it, to carve it and make all the all the all the, the cups on it and all the all the, the pipes. And the menorah had, so you had to bang it out. So you're making it into a vessel. But yet it says it, the menorah was made on its own. He threw it into the fire and it was made. So God made it and yet Betzal worked on it. We worked on it, but God made it. Who made it? We don't know who made it. Somehow it came out from between both of us. And that's the idea in making a, a sanctuary for God. Making yourself a sanctuary, you got to know that you can't be lazy and not do anything. But you have to do and know that if you do any, if, if you're the one doing, nothing is going to ever be a vessel. It's, it's us doing in conjunction with God. And God is the one doing in us, with us, and through us. And this is the, deed, the action of the menorah. Uman, the, the craftsman, he took a chunk, a simple chunk, and bangs it, and hits with a hammer. And it was made, but basically, and it was made by God, because as we know, that's what I think he means over here. But it's very important, the root of it all. Lahamin be'amunna shalema. To believe with perfect faith. Bitmidius, continuously. Shahu yizbarach oisekeli. That God is the one who's making me into a vessel. Vihineni reikon, and I'm empty. Vaoni ve'evyononi. I'm poor and destitute. That's what um, David Amelech said. David Amelech said, I am poor and destitute. Knows I'm poor and I can't even make myself. And even the emptiness is not me. The achar bechinazois, and after this, that I recognized that I'm poor and destitute. And the abishter is God has to make me into even a vessel for God. What does the verse continue? It's, this is in uh, Psalm, um, I think, eighty-six. We say, Shamra nafshi ki chasedani. You guard after, the verse says, David HaMelech says, Tefillah to David, Hat Hashem Aznachal, listen, Ki ani v'evyen ani, because I'm poor and destitute, Shamra nashi, you guard my soul. Ki chasid ani, because I am a, Ki chasid ani, because I am pious. A second earlier he said, he's, 
He's poor and destitute. Now he says, Ki chasidani. So how, how do you read this? Shamra nafshi. Guard my soul. I think the guard, the guarding of the soul. Ki chasidani, because I am kemaimer ezo chasidam is chasidam koinen. Which I think he's bringing... The 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 over here, the piety, the piety that we're talking about. The sages say what is called a chassid, someone who's pious, someone who does kindness with God. So what does that mean? It means it, it comes from a very, very deep humility where your service, your service of Hashem is not in, in, in any way for you for self-motivated, for, for self-benefit. It's everything that's being done is to do kindness with God. Where does something like this come from? When someone is rooted, when someone's attitude is rooted, that I am nobody. Such a nobody that even, even the quality of being a nobody, I couldn't either do, and even that God made for me. So then, <laughs> I'm really nobody. So why is there to be so busy with me? I might as well get busy with what God wants. So then, then everything that I want to accomplish and everything I want to do is not that I should be somebody. It's just, to do kindness with God. You see, the moment someone has any bit of something to himself, then, so, so what's in it for me? There's always that question. So, so, so what am I going to get out of this? So how am I going to, you know, what's my thing? Because if you feel you, you, if, when do you feel that way? If you feel you contributed. If you feel that you're a partner here, so you want a piece of the, you want a piece of the pie. So when you're working, it can't be a total selfless work because there's something you're, you're expecting something because you feel you did something. But if one recognizes that what that felt like, like empty, like the King David felt like poor and destitute. You're watching my, watch my soul, guard me. Because my entire work, the piety of King David is I'm out completely just for you, nothing for me. Because I don't even feel like I did anything over here. That's what I'm, that's how, again, it's, it's a little cryptic here, but that's how I understand it. Now, in the middle of the Maimer, it has like the strangest line. He says, and similar to this was heard many times, but I can't write, but I can't write this down. From who was it heard? From the one. So who is writing this? The Altarab is not writing this. So this is someone who's writing. And he says, similar to this, I heard that as I guess he means the Altarab mentions many times, or in his, but this can't be written. This is so like beyond that it can't be written. And you know, it's, you don't find this in a mimer suddenly in the middle. So Avlav looks up. Okay. It seems like this has been in parentheses over here, but there's no parentheses. So, so again, as I told you, I, I cannot uh, vouch for all every line I'm teaching, but the gist of it we can get. And when we humble ourselves down to earth in front of the king, then we can evoke Great compassion, great mercy. The chasadim gedolim, 
and very great kindnesses is when you're really feeling, feeling, feeling really, really humbled and really down, not down depressed, but really really unimportant. Your importance, it doesn't mean, let's understand something. It's not that sometimes you say, if you're feeling very unimportant, there's nothing important about, the, about your life, then, then, then who cares if you're, you know, if you're, if you're laying as a drunkard in the bar, for, you know, who cares? No. The mission is important. The objective purpose of life on earth is infinitely important. Because through us and with us, God's truth is revealed in the world and the purpose of creation. That's infinitely important. Not me. Not me even as the one who's doing it. It is important. And if I'm hanging around, why not should I not do it? I have to do it. And then I feel so terrible that I'm such a lousy schlepper that's getting the job done so lousy. So I'm, having, I'm evoking mercy. God, enlighten me. Empower me. So that, so that you'll have a good servant that will do a beautiful job for you. So something amazing will happen through your servant. And if it happens to be me, let it be me. That's the idea over here. It's not about me. It's about the... And, 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 and if I'm not doing well, it's so horrible for you, God, that you, you know, that you're... That one of your agents you sent down here is messing things up. So please... Help me with my Yetzirah. Help me with my things so that I can be a good Jew and fulfill what I need to do. For you, not for me. It's not my business. It's not my enterprise. It's yours. And then, great mercy comes. And great kindness. And if this is a person's attitude and this is your state of mind continuously in your, in your service, then you won't fall. You have nowhere to fall from because when you're on the ground, you're not falling anymore. <laughs> if you think of yourself way up there, then you fall. And you fall, you break your bones. But if you're on the floor anyway, you're all the way down, you don't feel like anything. <laughs> then you don't fall from it. You're not even davening for yourself. It's not about you. It never was about you. You're davening about, about the idea, about the Indian. It should happen. Godliness should be revealed. But if it starts becoming about self, it's a problem. And again, here it gets very cryptic. It's going to get hard to, to read. To, uh, many different ways of reading this. I'm, I'm a little confused, but let's try. But if a person says, I will be smart. I am, I'm smart. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. See, the Altareb is not talking to... The Altareb is talking about the serious people who are really going to invest all their energy to, 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 to get close to God. But if you're going to think that you're the smart one, and you're going to figure it out, what are you going to figure out? You think you're going you're to make yourself feel very, very low. You're going to empty yourself. <laughs> you're going to make yourself feel lowly. I'll make myself into an empty vest. What are you already trying to do over here? <laughs> What's the arrogance? The arrogance is not to become someone, who knows what. The arrogance is that you think you're going to accomplish the humility. That's the arrogance. This is such a cool idea. 
The arrogance is that you think that you can make yourself into the humble entity that's needed to be humble in front of God. And I am going to draw down into me Echad Emes, the one true one, which is God. Then, then in this case, it's as the, as the verse says, Argiyahu, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to peter out. L'shoin Sheker, it's false. Because if God doesn't build the house, it means if the structure for God, which is each and every one of us, is not built by God, it's a waste of time of all the exertion that the builders have invested in it. As the verse says, in one of the Shir Hamalis, we say one of the 15 uh, songs on the, on the steps, we say songs of the ascent. So one of them it says, if God doesn't build a house, then all the workers who are trying to do it, it's not, it's 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 in it's shove, it's false, it's it's not gonna last. And so that's what if you're thinking you're gonna do it, and you don't humble yourself in front of Hashem every day and say, please God. Make me know my true, my true reality that I'm really nothing before you. You're asking God to help you reach that. Please, Hashem, fill me with your light. I can't fill myself with any light. And when you have that attitude, then you won't fall. But if you think that I will make myself empty, and I will make myself, and I will draw down, I will seek truth, and I will come no, no truth, very easily you'll fall. You will go, then the person will end up going like a fool in darkness. Lamar, you will say, Hinani shuffle me You'll announce, I am lowlier than everybody. That's a very mixed sign how lowly you feel you are. That if you know that you're lowlier than everybody, I'm the most humble of all. <laughs> like the contest in the shul of who is the most humble. Lamar, Hinani shuffle me If the person thinks that he is the humble, you're saying that you're right. And I'm learning Torah and I'm, and I'm engaged in Avodah. And I'm going to draw down godliness into me. The Torah doesn't speak Chulu. I think it means, in the bottom he says, The Torah doesn't speak to such dead people. Uh, the the Alter Rebbe rejects it completely. This is, this is, this is, not, this is not life. And one is out of the ballpark completely. You're not with the program at all. If you think you're going to do it within your own powers, it's you. Because what's going to happen? The way I, if you're going to pave your own path, I, again, again, this is my understanding of what I, I, it's, it's. It's very not clear in my my understanding is <laughs> we're talking about not saying my, but uh, okay. I just, I'm not sure about what I, how I'm reading this. this is, again, this is the way I, it, it can't, after reading it one or two different ways, this is what I think it, it, the, the, the meaning is. In Yafalus Magal Darker, the person wants to pave his, his own road, then what's going to happen? Where, where is this person going to crash? That's the question. The person who feels that he, that he uh, I'm lowlier, I'm humble. He knows he got to be humble for God, but he feels that he's got the capability, he or she, to make themselves humble. And he feels that he's got the ability to reach, to, to, to draw godliness into him through Torah and mitzvahs. I'm doing it. Not asking God to do it. So where's going to be the person's downfall? 
What's going to happen is when you, if, when it's going to come to a point when you're going to realize you did, you're making, you, you, you fell through, you did something wrong, you sinned, then you're going to become so dis, 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 um, what's the word? Dis, dis, dissatisfied, disgruntled, I'm not sure what the word is, with yourself, and you're going to crash, and you're going to give the whole thing up, because it's, because it's always, always about your own accomplishment. And when you realize that all your work was in vain, because after all this you sinned, you went completely against God, that's gonna, then, then, then you're gonna be, it's going to be contradicting your own ego, because you know, you, you, you've thought about yourself that you've reached something, and you've attained something, and now you realize, <laughs> so that's going to smash your entire thing, and then you're going to drop the whole project. That's what the Alter Rebbe says. So, when it's going to come upon, God forbid, something, that you did something that you shouldn't do, and you're going to find guilt in your own eyes, which is inevitably going to happen, because everybody makes a mistake once in a while. But when, you're, when, it's all, when, it's, when, when you feel it's your accomplishment, then your hand is going to become loosened from everything you've done. In other words, all the work that you've done is suddenly going to drop, you're going to become deeply melancholy. You're going to become very depressed. And you're going to have a, a breakdown, a spiritual breakdown. Okay, therefore, you should hold on to God. Make the premise of your entire Judaism, not you. Make it God. You should contemplate according to this advice that I am giving you, the Alter Rebbe says. And what is that? You're always, you're not anything. You're not empty. You're, not, not, you're, an, you're, you're, you're a piece of clay. You just matter. That's all you are. Why are you matter? Because God created you. That's all you are. All you are is a piece of something. That's it. You're showing up to work. That's it. You're here. Now, everything else, Hashem. Humble me. Let me see how unaccomplished I am. Let me see how, how unworthy I am. And then please make me worthy. Make me, make me empty and then fill me. See, start from the beginning. Start from scratch. The Alter Rebbe says every day present yourself to God starting from scratch. Literally, show up like a total... What do you call it? No, novice? To, a total, uh, you know, <laughs> the guy who has never been in Judaism. The first day, you're, you're showing up. You never prayed, you don't daven, you don't, your face garnished. This is how you show up every day. Amateur, Sheba amateur. Starting off. And then, you're not going to get, and then when you feel, then when you feel that you did something wrong, Okay. Not going to knock you off from anything. You're not on a high horse to begin with. Upam achas And once a week, the alternative says. And, and, and more than that, and don't, 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 get, don't get into the fact that you made a mistake or you did something wrong. Don't do that at all. You see, if you're the one who's going to make yourself lowly, then you really have to start. Then actually one of the things you do to make you feel like you make yourself lowly is to start looking for all your bad stuff. Because you got to accomplish the lowliness. So you start looking in the, and then... But if you're, you're not even... It's not you. It's not even you making yourself. Let God do that for you. 
So then automatically you know, okay, so I have things that are not going, okay, well, 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 you know what, I'm just, I'm just a hardly a beginner. I'm just starting, so what do I expect? Now, and therefore don't spend your time making yourself nothing. Let God make you nothing. And, and that's going to happen through learning His Torah, doing His mitzvahs, and subconsciously it's going to happen. Because at the time when you're learning, when you're davening, you're not, you're not filled with yourself. You're filled with God. The Alter Rebbe says once a week it is good to do tshuva and to think about some of the misdeeds you've done so just you can just say sorry about it and, get, and, and, and clean up. So once a week, he says, once a week, if you're more sensitive, you want to do it once a day, spend, 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 spend a, a minute or two every day, give a quick thought of the negative things you've done, say sorry about it, invite the gigang. You should get bitter from all one's sins. And every day, every day you should ask from God that God, that He should draw down upon you His truth. And that He should make you into a vessel. And how do you do that? In other words, how? What's the, you're asking, but in the in the in, 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 how is this request being expressed that God should make you into a vessel through calling God through learning Torah? Because when you're learning Torah, you're 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 you're, you're making yourself available for God to dig into you and to make you into a vessel. It's in the engagement of Torah and mitzvahs. That's when you're inviting God to make you into a vessel. Like the, like the verse says, In other words, the Alter Rebbe says, you don't have to call out particularly God make me into a vessel. By you just having the attitude, the underlying knowledge, I don't amount to anything. Now I'm, and, and, then, and then you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs. And when you're learning Torah, you do mitzvahs, that itself is calling God in to make you into a vessel. Where do we find? In other words, the less you're busy with yourself, the better off you are. And just learn, learn Torah, do mitzvahs. Why? The verse says, God is close to all those who call Him, to those who call Him in truth. Now truth is Torah. So God is close. The moment you start learning Torah, you're calling God. Because you're calling His knowledge, you're calling His will down into you. And that's called calling him in truth. Because you're not calling him to solve your problems. You're just calling him to keep you company. You're not asking him for anything about you. You're just calling him. In Torah, God is... Hashem's truth is in the Torah. The moment you put the Torah in your head, then definitely God is in your head then. And He's making you into a vessel then. And in Torah dwells love of God and fear of God and compassion of God. It's all there in the Torah without an interruption. Like the verse says, in other words, the Alter Rebbe says, Basically, this whole mimer, don't be busy with yourself. Don't be busy with yourself. No, no 
that you know the truth that you can't do any, that you don't have the power to, 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 to make yourself anything. Let God do the rest. Engage in learning Torah and say sorry once a day or once a week. Get involved in doing good things and subconsciously you're going to be hollowed out in a real deep, powerful way. That's what's going to happen. Like the verse says, and when I say subconsciously, meaning the work, the the the, the digging is going to happen subconsciously, and eventually it's going to enter your consciousness in a way that when I'm saying, I mean that you're not conscious of being humble, you just forgot about yourself, not because you're busy being humble, you're just so busy with everything else that's important that you don't even remember that you are around to. That's the most beautiful human being. The most beautiful human being is someone that forgot that they exist. Because they're so enamored and so excited about everybody and everything else that needs to be happening and about what's really important and what's really great, whether it's God, whether it's people that they're community. And, they, and so they're so amazing, but that's because they don't even know that they're there. And they never have time to think about it, even their amazingness and about how amazing they are and how good they are and I'm good and I'm... Forget about that. Just flow. Flow. Flow with, flow with godliness. The Pesach says, There's a verse that says that Be'er, the, the, the well, that the ministers have, have dug it. It's talking about the well that went with the Jewish people in the desert. The well means, is referring to Israel, which is called a well. Because a well is a hollow. We're the hollow for God. But how is it dug? We don't dig it. The ministers dug it. Who is they? Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. They dig the well. Our forefathers. Be'er. So here he says Be'er. And different later he says the Be'er is the Neshama. But also the Be'er is the Torah. The Torah is called a well. Because the, the living waters of the Torah. And in there, in the Torah, the Torah is saturated with love of Hashem, fear of God. So by learning Torah, you're, you're downloading love and fear and all these beautiful nutrients, beautiful things that make you beautiful. Chafaru Sarim, Ovei Sa'ilam, the fathers of the world, Avram Midas Chesed, Avram is the, who's the channel of kindness. Yitzchak Midas Gevura, Yitzchak was the channel of Gevura. Yaakov Midas Rachman, Jacob was the, Yaakov is the, is, the, is, the, is the channel of compassion. Sha'amah, like we see by Yaakov, where he, compassion means when you feel small and you need God's compassion. Why does Yaakov say, I became so small from all the kindness you've done to me. And then you evoke the, the midah of rachamim, the attribute of mercy. So therefore, So in Torah, you have all these three midot. And now he's going to say, so if you have these divine midos, these godly midos flowing to you through the fathers, that's why in prayer we evoke, we say these verses to allow these powerful forces to, over, to, 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 to flow into us. That's the idea. We're just an empty vessel receiving it all. And that's what we say before davening. How beautiful are your tents, Yaakov? That's the first pasuk. That's referring to Jacob, and then we say Vani Bereiv Chastacha and I with with your abundance of kindness. That's Avram. Avi Besecha, I'm coming to your house. Matova Lecha Yaakov Yisrael. That's Yaakov Avinu. 
That's with your abundance of kindness. That's ya, that's Avram Avinu kindness. I will bow down with fear. That's that's Isaac. That's Yitzchak. So we immediately, when we begin our prayer in that first line, we evoke the merits of our fathers. In other words, again, we're not producing anything. We're just opening ourselves up for these powerful forces to just fill us. Asha with these verses, one evokes the merits of the fathers. as he says, because it's not our own powers. We don't love, we're not loving God, we're not fearing God. And if you think you're going to produce love and you're going to fear it, you just want to, you just want to, you want to, you, you, you want, you, you, you just want to tune into Avram's channel. You want to tune into Yitzhak's channel. You want to tune into Yaakov's channel. That's all you want. And they're available. The channels are channeling. No, 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 no. Don't, don't make me anything. You make, you make anything, it's not going to, it's going to last for two minutes. No, it's not going anywhere. It's not from our own powers. Who Akeli? He says here he says Asias Asechel, but on the bottom he explains it's Asi, he, he says it has to be who Asias Keli. It's the making of the vessel. Because and what are you going to do to make yourself a vessel? Hey, what are you going to do? You're going to start thinking all your morbid, all of your all, a person is going to start thinking all of their morbid things, how ugly and dark and how 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 terrible you are, all the mistakes you've done. That's not going to lead you anywhere. It's not going to lead you. It's going to make you depressed. Because that was, see, Al Tadab is basically saying, because a lot of people in the day, in, 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 you know, used to sit and that's, the tshuva, so I have to think about all the bad stuff. And then you marinate in your own darkness. So where's that going to lead you? To a depression, Al Tadab says. But the main point is, you're so busy with yourself. That's the idea. If you're busy that you sinned all day, what are you? You're so full of yourself that you're busy with what you're doing. You know what, there's a job, let me put it this way. There's a massive job that needs to be done. God is waiting to have a home built. And you're sitting over there, and when he needs a worker to paint, to do the painting, or to, gar- to, to tend the garden, you're sitting over there crying about your own miserable stupidity. of what you did. How important am I that I should be busy with myself when the job needs to get done? There's so much, so much bigger. That's what Altair was saying. There's a prize, God's infinite. So st- stop, stop, stop obsessing about self and about... Both, not about how wonderful you are and not about ugly you are. Just forget about yourself a little bit and get to work. That's the idea. And in that, by doing that, you'll automatically be raised up. You'll automatically be filled with love and awe and fear and become a beautiful human being with that God is dwelling in. Because by, by marinate, by, by having morbidity about one's own sins, this is not the way where God's light will dwell. Like we said before. But if you're tuning into the Midos, you remember the Midos of the forefathers. Now, now he's saying how actually thinking about the fathers will help making into an empty vessel. See, before I said that by, we said that by, by, by remembering, by channeling into the fathers, what are you doing? You're channeling uh, love, kind of fear. You're channeling, you're channeling the midas. Here, the Alter Rebbe is adding that by when we remember the midas of the fathers, that that helps making an empty vessel. Because when we recognize that Avram loved Hashem, 
and how and, and the way he explains later in, in the other version of the Mimer, how the all the all the upper worlds are filled with this intense love to God, and then you realize what a loser you are, that you're not that down. And, and again, it's not about self that I'm not good. It's about hey, there's a st- there is a space in this world which is my space. I can't be responsible for anybody else's space, but my space that is so disconnected from this. So it's such a pitiful state. It's such a shame. That's what it is. It is a shame that there is such a blockage, which is me, in this system. So please, God, help me not be a blockage anymore. That's what it is. It's not about, it's not about chas v'shalom, putting yourself down and feeling like a loser, but it's about being frustrated that there is that all of the all of existence is filled with love and all this most magnificent painting. Everything is so perfect, and there's this tiny little blotch over here that's just so. Please, Hashem, that's the idea. We are so far from this. Let this humble you. Don't sit there marinate about your sins. Don't sit and think about all the bad. The Rebbe says, "Out the Rebbe says you'll become so depressed." Don't do that. That's not it. This is the way you become a vessel, where the love will, will never stop, as we spoke earlier. And this is how the whole order of davening was, was, was set up. Davening is filled. Davening is filled with praises. Pam Ava. At times there is love. Pam, oh no, Pam Yira. At times it's fear. Pam Rachmanes. It at davening there are verses of mercy. to remember their merit. So again, to tune into their experiences, but also to recognize how far we are from that, and that itself creates the emptiness. The and now the Altarebbe kind of. So this is the beginning of the verse. What's the beginning of the verse? Hashem is the one who makes you into a vessel. Hashem tzavakai is whatever. Hashem tzavakai shemoi. And then the conclusion in the pasuk is what's the conclusion of the pasuk? Ugoilayich and your redeemer kadosh Yisrael is the holy one of Israel. the God of the entire world. He he will be called. What does that mean? How does that fit into this verse? The imtoyim because someone can then say, okay, now that I recognize and I understand how small, tiny, and insignificant I am, and what, and I can't compare in any way to the forefathers who really loved God, to the love of Hashem that fills all the upper worlds, the fear of God that fills all the world, and I'm so dense, and I'm, so how can I, who will ever take me out of this? Who will, who will, re, who will pick me up? The im time, and you're going to say, Who will redeem me from my exile? Shani because I am such a stuffed heart. and I'm so clogged. with all these negative traits. I'm not feeling this awesome love. I'm not feeling. I love potato chips. And as much as Avram loved God, I love potato chips equal to that. Or I love all the other stupidity. And I'm fear all the other silliness. 
ridiculous things. I'm so dense. I'm so thick. And like, I'm so far from the truth. So who's going to redeem me from this? The answer is, don't worry. Let the Abish redeem you. Why? How will he redeem you? By being the Holy One of Israel. What does it mean, the Holy One of Israel? What did we say earlier? When we learn Torah, His holiness dwells in your brain. So He's redeeming you. He's, li- he's giving you something He didn't give to any creature. Not even the highest creature. So He's your Redeemer. Let Him redeem you. How? You're feeling low. You're feeling... Dead. Learn Torah right now. You're redeemed right this moment. Right this moment. You're elevated beyond all of existence. He's dwelling His infinite wisdom in your brain. So there you go. With this, that the being Yisrael is holy and separated, it's above all, not just it's above all spiritual creations, it's above all emanations. And all, definitely beyond all creations. And all the formations. And all, all of matter. Because the Jewish people are, have given the ability, Kedosh Yisrael, to be occupy themselves with God's will, to facilitate His will, to think His will, to, to lose themselves in His will. And as we said earlier, they're the head. Which, which the head is so great, as we said before, that what does the head do? The head, from the head comes life to the entire body. So you think to yourself, the Abish, the God has selected you and made you a Jew and gave you all the ability to learn now Torah and this. Kedosh Yisrael, he sanctified Israel that Elokei Kolo Oretz, that you, Israel, become the God of the whole world. What does that mean? All the godly energy and flow comes through you. So that's your redemption. Not self, what you're doing. The, as we said, the Abishter picks you up. God lifts you. He's the one who He is the one who helps you become an empty vessel, and He's the one who redeems you from all the smallness into the yeah. From there comes chayes to the life to the entire world. And the God of the entire earth, He is called through you. And this only works when we lower ourselves. When we say, It is known before you. All we have to recognize and say, God, you know that I want to do your will. I'm stuck in this, in, this, in this loneliness. I'm stuck in this density because you put me here and made me dense. But you know that under the density, there is a, there, there, I, have, I too have a soul. It's not to my credit. You put it there. But I have a soul that just wants to do your will. And that's my real, real will. In other words, beneath the will of the potato chips, I have a much deeper will. And that's my truest will. Deep inside, we all have this, this underlying hidden love. That I know. So I know you know that, God. But I have all English But what we do, well, that's, that's hidden to us. I know I have it, and therefore God work, work with it. What is revealed to me? What we know on the outside? 
What I'm conscious of? No. What I'm conscious is, Sha'anu <laughs> HaGoylam. We are the golem. We're that clay, that piece of material that's just dense, and we're waiting for you to hollow it out. Because I don't think I've done anything to myself to be ready, to make myself into any kind of anything. I know one thing. I know deep inside I want, because of the soul, the nature of the soul. I also know that as I stand right now, I'm very far from that, and I'm asking you, please help me out. And then... We also have to recognize that God gives us His help. And that's the Torah and the mitzvahs through which we are helped and come out of the smallness. And now God answers us. And God says, you're so beautiful. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride. In other words, even though we, we look at ourselves how lowly and dark, which we're supposed to, God sees us as so beautiful. as it is known, It is known that God knows that Jews serve Him to the very last breath. And even the lowest of Jews, is ready to die for the sanctification of God's name. And to God, that's awesomely beautiful. God says how awesome. But it's important that, we, that, 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 that even though that's our quality, <laughs> and God, we, to know that God sees us that way, but we shouldn't look at that side of ourselves and think we're so great. It's, it, it's, it's important to know that He sees that, because if, 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 here's the thing, if we keep on seeing ourselves just as ugly, and, and undeveloped and isn't that, then we start thinking that maybe he's not interested in us anymore. Why would he be? So we have to recognize that no, he sees in us such a limitless, infinite beauty and a limitless devotion and a connection and he's blown away by us. He's blown away by every single one of us, even the lowest of the low. He's blown away by everyone. He's just crazy about it. But that's what he sees. What we see and, and it doesn't mean we, we you know, throw in the towel. Quite in the kind, we recognize that he wants the relationship. And he makes us into a vessel every day. And he gives us the ability to lift ourselves up and to bond with him. Mitzat Avim is coming from the hidden love that we said. And if we make ourselves feel like this, then through us, the God, then God will be called one day when Mashiach comes, or soon, the God of the entire world, and all flesh will see, that the mouth of God has spoken. Okay. This still requires a lot more commentary, and a lot deeper understanding, but I think the gist of the idea, we pretty much get Ezra Sashem, L'chaim. A very Hasidic Shemaimer, let's just put it that way. A real Hasidic way of, of life. It seems like these were, this was one of the early memorandum of the Alter Rebbe. It's a certain style. 
it's far more Balshem Tovi, it's far more, um, it's different language. It's very much like the early Maimarim that were very pure, fiery Hasidus as opposed to all the elaborate explanation that comes later. Yeah. Mm hmm. She's already a Kaylee. Right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. She's still, there's still something left over to the previous man, even though they're divorced and it's a complete cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. No, but he's allowed to marry a, a, a widow. So that's, that's why it's just the Kohen Godel can't marry the widow. He's, an, he's not allowed to marry a divorced woman, but he's allowed to marry. Maybe because he's not alive anymore, so it's not like it's, it's sort of it's already it's already disconnected to a to a much higher degree, to a much stronger degree. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah.